You're tired. Your eyes are heavy. You can go ahead and close them. Yeah, just, they're really heavy. Just let those settle on down. Why don't you slide into a little bit of a nap? Maybe some REM states. That's it. Relax. Wake up, dummy. It's time for the backlog breakdown. Was was dummy a little bit much, Josh? No, that's fine. I don't know. That's fine. <laughs> I would love to be called a dummy <laughs> when I turn on my favorite <laughs> podcast. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. We're, uh, well, uh, if you, well, I'm, I'm going to assume just like I do most weeks that the people are going to read and we're going to come up with some sort of clever title for this thing. But, uh, this episode, we're going to be talking about sleep. But before we get to that, how have you been, Josh? I've been good. I've been good, man. Um, I'm trying to think what happened over the past couple weeks. Uh, it was Easter, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so a bunch of family stuff, actually getting together with, with both sides of the family. And then even, uh, last night, we usually do a family dinner on Sunday nights and, and, uh, we had some other family from in town come over and that was a lot of fun. We hadn't seen them in a long time and a bunch of us had kids. So there were tons of kids running around and, uh, it, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Just, uh, it, it's crazy how, how quickly time flies and you don't realize how long it's been since you've seen people. And uh, so that was a little embarrassing. But anyways, I'm starting to <laughs> ramble. I've been doing good, man. Um, so I heard someone had a birthday. Yep. Someone did. How'd it go? I got older. I am mm-hmm. ever so closer to death. <laughs> um, and y- you know what? I One of the cool parts I found out yesterday was I get to share a birthday with Wesley's little girl. Hey. And um, so that was super exciting to see those pictures. Um, You know, I'm not going to, friends of the show, you can look up Wesley's pictures of his daughter and stuff. But yeah, he's now a dad of two kids and his little girl is here with us. And uh, she gets to, well, I get to share a birthday with her. So that was exciting. Um, you know, I, I tell people sometimes the last exciting birthday that the really exciting one that I had was when I was 25. And that's because I knew my car insurance rates were going to go down. <laughs> that's not true at a all. Little, a I little mean, gecko told you? Yeah. No, but I mean, I've, I've had exciting birthdays. It was good. Uh, my, my parents actually came in for the weekend, um, spent some time with them, uh, did a lot of eating at restaurants. You know, as one does when one's parents are in town. Uh, so, uh, went and saw Endgame. It's good. Oh, yeah. That's all I'm going to say. It's good. <laughs> you know. Uh, you don't want to spoil it for everyone? <laughs> you know, here's the thing, right? I'm not... I don't get super upset about spoilers. I understand oh, okay. why other people do, but it doesn't... I'm not so invested in just about anything gotcha. that spoilers are going to ruin it for me. And frankly, I think, well, I think it's a little silly, but I understand people's wanting to sort of hot, you know, keep the mystique and, you know, not have things ruined and to enjoy the reveal. And that's fine. Um, you know, it was good. 
Uh, my biggest beef, and, and I've told it to a few people, is just like when we were in the movie, and maybe it's just I'm getting, I really am getting like old. It's not just like <laughs> joking about it, but it's like people were like whooping and hollering and carrying on and oh, okay. crying. And just, I was just like at different parts in the movie. And I'm just like, this is not, I don't, I don't get, get that. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just not. I, I just wasn't there. I, like I said, I like the movie a lot. I think it's an excellent movie. It's, I had a ton of fun watching it. Um, I recommend it. I think it's it, it it really did wrap up the Infinity series or whatever they're mm-hmm. calling it really well. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm just I'm that old fart. So, well, I have a question. So, so you said hooting and holler. Like, I get that. I get people just being loud and obnoxious. I, I, I don't agree with it. Like, I, I would not enjoy that if that was going on. Um, but you also mentioned crying. Could you actually hear people crying? Uh, there was someone within earshot at a, a couple of points. And like, listen, uh, without getting into spoilers, there were a few moments that had me like. Like, because I'm a soulless, emotionless automaton, <laughs> I did not cry. I, you know, barely didn't cry. But, uh, you know, there were some people who were sniffling. And, you know, some of those moments, I get it. Yeah, there I mean, when Dumbledore like, died, it hit me. Yeah, like, Endgame. you know, it's like when, when Gandalf, <laughs> you know, when, when Gandalf, you know, made sure that the hobbits could, you know, get the one ring... The safe passage to Isengard. Yeah, that you know, that, it's that kind of you know. I'm kidding. When when that happened, uh, you know, I just <laughs> lost it. I mean, I thought I really liked that in the 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 Hobbit or the Lord of the Rings trilogy movies, but man, when they did that in Endgame, I just I was like, you you got me, you got me, and I started crying all over again. Um, gotcha. No, <laughs> I just uh, you know, it was like stuff, that, and it was like. <sighs> I mean, if somebody's interested, they can contact me, and if they don't mind, or if they've seen it already, I'll tell them exactly like what parts I thought it was just like the inappropriate like ballyhooing, or I don't know if that's even the right word for that. <laughs> but it's just like I just I was like, okay, that's a good moment, but I don't get like the delirium that that accompanies this, like the just sort of like the people absolutely losing their minds. But again. We've established I like to yell at clouds. I'm old. <laughs> I basically came out the womb yelling at people to get off my parents' lawn. <laughs> I mean, so shouldn't be surprised that I'm a bit of a buzzkill. Gotcha. Gotcha. But, I, so I get it from the aspect that this is the culmination, or uh, I mean, it's called Endgame. The end, like the capstone of mm-hmm. the, of I mean, since what? Like what was the first? marvel was iron, it iron man. man okay yeah so mm-hmm. since the first iron man i get that like this is what it's all been kind of leading up to and so i get why you'd be super excited I, honestly to me i get why you'd be more excited about um this movie and sort of like some of the or why you would want to stay away from spoilers from this more so than something like star wars which again has yeah. a huge i mean probably even a bigger following um well i don't know but anyways doesn't matter um but just because i mean that's a from a storytelling perspective, the Star Wars movies, uh, the newer ones are what I'm talking about, this current trilogy mm-hmm. that we are in the midst of. Um, like, the, I mean, the, the producers of the movies have come out and said, like, they, they 
did not like they had ideas for what the next movies were going to be, but they completely handed them off to the next, you know, director yeah. and whatever. Yeah. So there's not an overarching storyline. Whereas um, with these Marvel movies, there has been that. So that's why I get like with these um, and, and it's, it makes it difficult uh, just because it just came out and and everyone seems to have rushed to the theaters to see it. It makes it difficult because I'm like, I want to see it. I enjoy these movies. I thought Infinity War was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know that I have a free, you know, three and a half, four hours uh, to, to set to, aside to, to go out. to the movies. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's the only thing that's holding me back. So, uh, well, so for, I'm in this nice little vortex of like, please stay away from spoil. Please do not uh, ruin talk- this for me. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I, I don't I mean I don't mean to be a Nazi about it, but you know, yeah, it's uh, like, and you know what? Even in TRG, we already had a guy post something. It was just like him being like, it was just like a straight up jerk move, and I was like, oh. I saw it, and I was like. I looked at it and I was like, no, he legit just spoiled this movie. Like, I was like, I was like, nope, you're getting nuked. And we removed him. Um, Dang. Like, it's like, because I mean, you know, we had po- like Zach had shared a post and just said, hey, don't do this. Like, don't be that guy. Don't yeah. be that jerk. And so it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, at, at, one, at some point in time, you're just like, dude, like, I'm not going to re you're n- we're not going to repeat this warning. Like yeah. you're done. Like yeah. bye. Like you you and it was like like I said it was like legit just like legit spoilers. Like and I was just like and it was it, yeah. Anyways, anyways. Yeah. Not trying to <laughs> it it I was just like I woke up and I was like sort of like dinking around a little bit after lifting weights. I saw it and I was like for real? Like <laughs> this is how this day's gonna go. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, pretty much. Um, but other than that, I mean, you know, like I said, the last couple of days were pretty busy. You know, we did a little bit of. We went out to my sister's for Easter. So, uh, you know, this weekend, like I said, I took a couple of days. My parents came in, and uh, yeah. I just I did a whole lot of not a lot, which was which was good. Yeah, that's all I got as far as like general general item chit chat kind of uh, life. Yeah, life. It's just it's been just work and you know I was uh, just I had been looking forward to this weekend for a couple of weeks because I just yeah I just wanted it. It just like I'm starting to hit that sort of I have vacation coming up at the end of May. Nice, and I'm just sort of like hitting a little bit uh, a, a little bit of a patch of burnout like yeah. i'm just sort of like okay like I, I need a break and so uh anyways so nice yeah. nice well good i'm glad you're able to kind of chill a little bit um mm-hmm. yeah yeah easter wasn't too insane for me well it, it, well it's funny because you know on the last episode my wife was making fun of how i talk about how work is busy and uh, especially around Easter time, this is um, a big. This is a big weekend. Well, this was a big weekend for you guys. Like the, Easter weekend's like a big deal. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, <clears throat> and stuff leading up to it. I will say though that like this year we didn't have as many kind of 
bigger ish events. It was more it was more kind of pared down stuff, which was really nice. Um from from like both a staff perspective and a uh just congregant perspective. Like there's no big, you know, not a huge to do, just like an acknowledgement from a staff perspective. Like we are going to have a lot of visitors and so we want to, you know, treat them well and, and make sure that we're super inviting and you know, how would it look, you know, just things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but nothing, you know, it wasn't like an Easter play or anything like that. It was still regular, uh, regular kind of services, just trying to make sure everything was done as best as it could be. So that's pretty cool. That, that is cool, man. I always like when churches avoid the pageantry. Like, yeah. Don't get me wrong. Like, hey, you want to do like a special Easter, uh, oh, Nate talked good already. <laughs> um but if you want to do like a special Easter service and sort of like roll out the red carpet and pull out all the stops and everything, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But I just, I'm saying like, this is more of a a preference for me. Yeah. But I really do appreciate when a church just sort of says, no, like, let's just do church mm-hmm. instead of, and there's nothing. And again, it's sort of, it's just a personal preference for me. Yeah. Yeah, but, totally, totally. I mean, yeah, yeah, you can you could go either way. I and I agree. I agree. I mean, I I like it too that it's not it's not this huge thing because one of the things I think that that kind of trains people. Well, on the one hand, it's, don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole, but it does kind of like train people to you're coming for your own entertainment kind of a deal. Not saying that it can't be used for good. Like it, it can. Don't get me wrong, um, yeah. but it. I think having just kind of regular services um, that that was in that was in scare quotes. Everyone, sorry. I just mean using the similar type of format or liturgy, if you will, um, mm-hmm. helps to kind of like. I I think there's absolutely nothing wrong. In fact, I think there's something good with putting your best foot forward, especially when you know that visitors are going to be there. Um, but actually yeah. like giving yeah. them a taste of what a regular Sunday is like, sure. Maybe it's a little amped up than other Sundays, but like, this is generally the same thing that we do every week. So, um, yeah, I don't know. My, uh, yeah, there are definitely pros either way you go pros and cons either way you go. But I think, I think there's just something about like, you know what this, what we do is like, this is what we do every Sunday. And this is part mm-hmm. of just the life of the church, the life of the body. So anyways, we, we, uh, well, we, like I said, we were out at my sister's for Easter weekend. So we ended up going to her church and it was, it was fine. It was this, like I come, like I'm a Presbyterian. Mm -hmm. So we have a very liturgical order. Like there is, you know, public confession, private confession of sin, Mm -hmm. uh, the, uh, assurance of forgiveness or assurance of pardon. You know, there's like, there's a a format every Sunday that yeah. we sort of Dang. like stick to. And, you know, it, it changes like the, the, the confessions mm-hmm. are different every week. And, um, you know, but it's, I, I, I'm just saying like from a personal perspective, I find that very comforting. And we, when we went to my sister's church, there was none of that. So I, I did kind of like, I was like, ah, like I'm, I'm, I <laughs> found myself mean? missing that. Yeah. Yeah. So no, that makes sense. Anyways, so you survived Easter, Mm -hmm. and yeah, 
didn't like go crazy and you know paint your face blue and run around you know not I, yet I, not yet i pretend don't, that i'm a genie yeah something know. like you just like you, you didn't crack you you made it through another easter yeah and uh yeah i i was it on the podcast it must have been on so talk to me that you guys said uh you guys did an easter egg hunt and ollie was like all about it yes oh yes yeah we did we did two uh the one with each side of the family yeah okay and he okay stink and loved it like yeah. that that was his thing like we told him that's what we were going to be doing and so it was in his in his little head like oh there's an egg hunt like we're gonna go do the egg hunt it's easter so there's an egg hunt and yeah yeah that was his thing it wasn't yeah. even necessarily like the the bags of candy that he got from it it was the I'm going to go find some eggs. <laughs> now, did he, like, do you guys, have you guys been eating the eggs or, like? Well, I mean, they're like, they're the plastic eggs with candy. Is that what you mean? Oh, like, are we eating you guys, it? Okay. You guys didn't do, like, actual hard-boiled? No, no, not oh. the hard-boiled eggs. No. I do remember that from when I was younger, but I don't, I don't remember the last time that we've actually done that with oh. hard-boiled eggs. It's always been the plastic eggs. The hard part about that, though, is like when you do the actual hard boiled eggs, nobody like nobody eats that amount of hard boiled eggs right, in a reasonable yeah. amount of time. <laughs> it's like you come home with two dozen hard boiled eggs and you're like, now these are going to throw half of these out. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just, you know, I just remember as a kid, like I didn't I didn't eat hard boiled eggs for the longest time. And so like we I loved like doing the egg hunt. But I just never like we'd bring home a bunch of hard boiled eggs. My parents would eat like they, like make egg salad, and I'm like, oh, I'm not yeah. eating that. Now I'm like, now I'm like, yo, bring on the egg salad. Do it. Let's do this. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna I, eat a whole bowl by myself. <laughs> I found these eggs. Dang it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that would be a little disappointing for him if after doing the egg hunt, we forced him to eat hard boiled eggs. <laughs> not sure that would be. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, tell him it builds character. Yeah, <laughs> just pull up. Just eat the stinking egg. <laughs> Happy anyway. Easter. Happy Easter. Here's this thing you don't want to eat. You're gonna eat it anyways, <laughs> and you'll like it. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I don't know if this is going too far. Jesus was crucified. You can eat a hard boiled egg. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Okay. Okay. Then we're both. And it's like, I was like, you said it first. And I was like, I was like, I was like, oh, I'm so glad I'm not the one who said that. (laughs) No, I, it's probably a little bit on the unsafe side, but it is funny. Yeah. Listen, we're not trying to make light of the crucifixion people. We're just, these are things that I think. It, it it goes through just about anybody's. Well, probably people. There are probably some people who are just like better Christians and better human beings than us. But yeah. they don't have this podcast. We do. So, <laughs> anyways, yeah. If, let's, let's just. If you didn't like that joke, email us and tell us why. <laughs> there you go. We can have a we can have a discussion about or a nice civil discussion. Anyways, and I so. can apologize profusely on the next bite size breakdown <laughs> right yes that's all that the episode will be <laughs> look we understand i get josh it. was wrong 
<laughs> we'll never do that again. <laughs> oh boy. Um. Anyways. Well, how about I? We should probably <laughs> move on from this this bit. Um. That's a good idea. That's how about idea. your backlog report, man? All right, let's get into it. Let's start reporting what's gone on over the past couple weeks. So, on my report. Okay. So, uh, a couple things. I already mentioned, you know, finished up the, uh, the Metal Slug Anthology. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, the, you know, if you want some more details on that, I recorded way too long of a bite-sized breakdown last week. No, dude. I that. thought that was great. I, I meant to actually text you and tell you I really liked it. I liked it so much that I'm actually the next time I have some PlayStation credit, I, I think I'm seriously going to pick up the anthology just because it's. I think it'll be like good fun. Anyways, it it proceed. is. I recommend it. That sounds awesome. Um, so finish that up. So I was looking at you know again still focusing on my shorter games for the backlog golf, and then also thinking through since we are still doing the 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 backlog buster backlog busters that's what it's called we have a hashtag and everything um and since it's still in the 90s till the end of this month which is in a couple days um i was looking through you know it's trying to filter things through that and i found a little a little game boy gem um that i had never played through i actually had it on 3ds on the on the game on the virtual console okay and it's a game called gargoyles quest have you ever heard of or played Gargoyles Quest? It sounds familiar. Um, okay. So I, it, I could swear, maybe, I know I know this game's from somewhere, but I okay. have no idea. Like, it was released in 1990. Um, okay. So it was early years of the Game Boy, basically. You know, within a, the first couple of years that it was released. Um, so this is actually a spinoff of the Ghosts and Goblins series. Where you play as the little red devil guy. Of course, it's not red because it's Game Boy. It's actually it's cabbage the, the, green. The green. Yeah. Which I I have, the, the side note, I have the nostalgic love for that green color. Whereas on the 3D, on the virtual console, it's it's gray. It's black and white. And it's like it a just doesn't scale have sort the thing, same. Huh? Yeah, it doesn't have the same. Even when they released Game Boy Pocket, I was like, this doesn't look right. It needs to be green. Come on. Uh, anyways, mm. the, so so the, yeah, it's a spinoff of the Ghosts and Goblins series. It's kind of, sort of an action RPG, I guess. It's a side scroller, um, but you can gain. Uh, well, no, you actually mostly gain money. There are random battles, but it's a side scroller um, mm. to get currency, and then you trade in your currency for other stuff. But you do get, um, you know, like armor upgrades and and weapon upgrades and things like that. Um, but it's it's a lot of fun. It was a little slower paced. Um, it had some challenge to it. Um, th- but you're basically it's a side scrolling game. So you're you the thing with your character is he can fly and he can cling to walls. So you use that through the the side scrolling segments to get you know get past the levels okay. and whatnot um it is a little bit because it's a spinoff of ghosts and goblins because you are effectively a little devil um it does take place in the underworld and so you're fighting other devils and th- that are trying to rise up and 
subjugate other devils. So, like, if you have an issue with that, um, I totally get it. Um, but it's it's very cartoony. Like, it's not mm-hmm. over the top, yeah. but it is very much just like, oh, this, you know, it, not that it actually says this, but, you know, Beelzebub is rising up and you have to take him down. And so with the power of Baal, you can go, you know, not that it uses either of those, but I'm just saying it's kind of like, you know. That's, that's yeah, that's like it. the general thrust sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it, it was a good time. It was pr- probably put in three hours, four hours, something to beat it. Um, okay, I did save state right before the last boss, um, just because it it took me a ton of lives, and I didn't want to have to start over from the beginning of the level. Yeah. So, you know, if you think that's cheating, cool. But uh, yeah. I, I I don't save state during the bosses. I intentionally, you know, I wanted to actually beat him. I didn't want to cheese it. Um, but yeah, I, I basically yeah. gave myself unlimited lives, sort of eh. what I did. But I, you know, like I think when you know we, this is sort of an issue of like game design. But like mm-hmm. some of that stuff, like there's just a real almost lack. Like they they built in sort of a difficulty spike that it was like those games were artificially prolonged by their difficulty spikes. Yeah, like the fact is, like you know, you can sit down, you could sit down and play this game in three or four hours, but it was like it would probably take you weeks or months to beat it as a kid because you know you'd have to basically every time you get to that boss and die, you'd have to restart the whole game. At some, yeah, you know, and it's just like to me, that's like that's bad game design. That's just me, but and you know, that's early on in sort of like the era, so. Right. There was still a lot of learning to be. That's yeah. I I I'd like to finish the thought at some point in time. <laughs> It'd be nice. Um, I just think like you know one of the things that even drives me nuts now is when I see like a bad sort of save system implemented in a game, and okay. it's like it's like we have years now of like how to proper properly implement auto saves and checkpoints and everything else, and then you mm-hmm. have some. Sometimes you just play a game and you're like. This save system is the worst. Yeah. Um, but like I forty digit passwords. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, that's like I, original NES. If you're if you're into that, that was who. Those were the River days, City man. Ransom, dude. I had a notebook ah. full of those passwords. Yeah, and then like you know, heaven forbid you copy one of those passwords down wrong, which happened all the time. At yep. least for me, maybe I'm a stupid kid. I don't know. But it happened all the time. The reason, like, I know not everybody does it, but I actually, with my zeros, I draw the slash through the O. Mm-hmm. And the reason I do that is because <laughs> of those stupid passwords. Yeah. You know, but. Yeah. Yeah. Because they take, you know, the uppercase and lowercase is different. And if you get one digit, oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Um. The, sorry, we're just chasing this rabbit down. The whole chasing to, down memory lane, buddy. There you go. Um, the what's the spiritual warfare on NES? It was like mm-hmm. a Zelda type game, but it was made by Wisdom Tree, who made unlicensed games. They were, um, did the they did the Bible adventure game. Yes, yes, and those games were, I will say, lackluster. Spiritual warfare is legitimately a good game. Like that game okay. was a lot of fun. Um, but it it had those stinking huge passwords, and I can't tell you how many times we would get it wrong and it was so frustrating 
when you load it up and you're just like, ah, oh, all my progress is lost. Um, anyways, I digress. Um, I, I didn't mention, <laughs> funny, the way that uh, Gargoyle's Quest plays. Um, the There are RPG, there is an overworld map. And so you walk around. That's why I said that there are random battles. Okay. So like you're walking around from, from one dungeon to another, to a town, to another dungeon, stuff like that. So there are random battles you get into where there's like a tiny little side-scrolling level with a few enemies that you have to take out. Um, sort of like uh, Link's Adventure. Yes, yes, a lot like, yeah. Okay. Adventure Link, yeah. Yeah, they have a lot of the same DNA. And so this was the first game in a trilogy of this spinoff. Um, okay. Gargoyles Quest 2 was on NES, and then they ported it to Game Boy, but only in Japan. Um and apparently that's a really good game. And then the third one was on Super Nintendo and it got called Demon's Crest here in America. And I've played Demon's rare... Crest. Okay. Yeah. So that's the third Gargoyles Quest game. Okay. Um, I've heard it's it's pretty different, but um but that's the hmm. third in the series. Yeah, I mean that's like one of those games that I I, I experienced via emulation back when okay. I was a you know, carefree bandit, a rogue. <laughs> A pirate of the high internet seas. Um, That's back when those seas were uncharted and choppy <laughs> and dial up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jeez. Oh, fun noise where you heard that that nasty screeching every time you wanted to get the, on the internet. The, the modem connection, the mm-hmm. ding, 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 ding. Like, it, like the weird yeah. squeals and sound like dolphins chatter through a feedback <laughs> loop and you know a static filter i don't even know it was a, like alien dolphins anyways <laughs> that's yeah, a good anyways. description that's a good description yeah sorry so that's the first thing i wanted to talk about in my backlog <laughs> report sorry um no, you're right, gargoyles but... quest fun game i'll i'll write up a little bit about it because um it does count towards the backlog gulf and so I'll, I'll um post that here soon hopefully it takes me forever i don't know why um I've also been playing a lot of Octopath Traveler. Okay. I saw that. I actually uh, turned on the old Switch and saw you were on again after you beat it. I was like, he really yes. likes this game. I do. I do. I, I know there is post-game content, mm-hmm. um, but I am going for that completion. Okay. Um, which is weird. That doesn't happen. I'm currently... So I've finished all the main stories of all the eight characters um there are extra jobs that you can get they're kind of hidden jobs okay i stumbled on a couple of them um and the first one that i got is pretty op it's pretty sick um and then there are a couple that i went to a guide to see where they were because i wanted to get them because planning Mm -hmm. on completing it and uh so the, these bosses are much more difficult, but once you get one of them, once you get one of the extra jobs, then the other ones become easier. Um, you can kind of get on a on a closer playing field with them because um, they can they can be kind of they can be kind of cheap. Yeah, um, but because it's it's basically post game stuff. Like you could get that it is. Because Octopath Traveler is somewhat of an open world game, you could get these jobs before you actually finish the game. Um, I didn't find them until afterwards. Yeah, I'm pretty. I might have. I might have found. Maybe I found one of them before I finished out all the stories. Anyways, it doesn't matter. 
Um, what matters is I got those. So I've gotten all the, the hidden jobs, um, finished all the stories, and now I'm finishing all of the side quests that you can do in the game. And uh, it really helps to flesh out the world because you see there are actually other side quests that open up after you finish the main stories. So it's stuff that was like intentionally um, hidden for story purposes until after the developers know that like you actually know how this storyline ends and how this storyline ends. So you actually see characters from other characters' storylines conversing in the world. Like and kind of getting like, together. All, and doing you stuff. see where the stories actually sort of intersect besides in like Right. The, the, right. Yeah. And how how even even not even necessarily like the main their main storylines because it's about you know the the main characters each of the eight main characters but kind of side characters to their stories are interacting with other side characters from other people's stories so it really feels like a, a living world you know it feels like people are actually li- it's not just sequestered little mm-hmm. like towns and everything which is really cool and it helped me too because I didn't do very many of the side quests I did them. Kind of when I'd come, when I'd stumble on them and it was convenient, but I didn't go out of my way to finish them, I generally kind of focus on the main story missions. Um, but it helped me to kind of get even more familiar with the world, the, the, even just the geography of the world and where all the cities were located. I'd already visited the cities, but it's kind of like, okay, you're there to finish this mission and then off to the next city kind of a thing. So kind of it's just really helped to put everything together and make the the game feel more cohesive. And uh, the writing is done really well for the most part. Um, there are some mechanics I totally get if it's not your if it's not your bag, that's fine um, because a lot of the side stories will be kind of similar, whether it's somewhat of a fetch quest, whether it's just like, okay, I need to get this person who's talking about wanting to do X, y, and Z across the map to this other care to this other uh town where this character is saying that they need someone to do xyz mm. you know so, sort of um i guess A typical like rpg fair yeah yeah and the, and they're the same sort of mechanics to a lot of the different side quests so i get if it would seem monotonous somehow okay. but because it's tied together with story um i'm enjoying it a lot um, I know there is a final boss that I have not gotten to yet, so we'll see when that comes up. But um, I am nearing kind of the end of the side quest log that I have so far. Off and on, been looking at guides, but for the most part, trying to finish it up myself. Um, I don't like going. I don't like first thing going to a guide. I like mm-hmm. to at least try and kind of, you know, yeah. do it on my own. Um, but I was looking at and. You know, I sometimes I have to, you know, pause the game for extended periods of time and put it down or whatever. Um, but the current counter on the game is at 97 hours. Whoa, so, dude. You're really, yeah. you. that's some deep digging right there. Dude. Yeah, yeah. Well, once that's I cool, decided, though. like, I, I think I am actually going to go for the completion. Um, I'm just, I'm just digging it. Again, it's not, it's not a game for everyone, but mm-hmm. I really like it. So... Well, and that's, I mean, that's even sort of why I've, I've kind of put it on hold because it's like, once I go down that rabbit hole, I think it's going to be like all the way down. Um, Mm -hmm. So, and yeah, there's just some other stuff. I'm like, I need to knock this stuff out before I 
give myself over to this. Yeah. And and I've said this before. I am playing this game very slowly. Like, mm. most reviewers said that they beat it in, like, 40 hours or something. I think it took me 70 to 80 to do all the main stuff um, mm. because I was taking my time. Um, so, so, don't think that you're going to have to dump that much time into it. That's just the way that I have played. Well, and it's like part of the part of that charm. Like one of the things, uh, one of the games I I want I got last Christmas was uh, the the new Dragon Quest. Is that twelve? Mm-hmm. Eleven. Is it eleven? Okay, yeah, yeah. I lost count after. <laughs> no, yeah, that makes sense. Um, eight was a favorite of mine, and then mm-hmm. I sort of like. Uh, I have, I think I have nine and ten. For 10 my... didn't come to america 10 okay. was the mmo that's yeah nine no, was have, on ds well nine had like an mmo element too somewhat yeah you create yeah. your own character and yeah yeah it was like sort I... of like an online play sort of yep. thing yeah and it was like, yeah anyway so i have nine but yeah anyways digression but i'm like <laughs> Part of the the fun of those games is like the the grinding, finding like the best grind spots, the best grind strategies, and it's like that's like that's my speed, dude. So you're, you're speaking my language there. Okay, I'm just like I just I like I get into it and I'm like, man, like I'm just not ready to like pull the trigger on this. Like, yeah, because totally. it's like once I go in, I, I'm just like, this is going to be the only thing I play for a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that makes sense. Well, I mean, and it's taken me stinking, you know, since like December, I guess, mm-hmm. is when I first picked up the game. So, um, yeah, it's it's been a while. And so the the other thing is that the game was just announced by Square Enix to um, they're putting it out on PC. And to me, I'm like, that's cool that it can reach another audience. But dude, the Switch has been amazing. Like, I would not play this on any other system. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, like it wouldn't have the resolution for a DS game. Like that doesn't make sense. But the fact that I can pick up and play it for a little while and then just kind of put it down, um, I don't have to spend huge amounts of time. Like even just the way that the game was designed is that the main chapters aren't supposed to take you that long, like two hours max. Yeah. Um, unless you're playing through real slowly, but you know, again, reviewers talk about how it's about an hour per chapter. I don't think I did hardly any of them in an hour because I just played slow. Um, but it, it just feels like this game was made for Switch. And I've, I'm loving the experience that I'm getting out of it because I have it on the handheld. And, you know, I can play it on the elliptical. So yeah. that's cool, too. Okay. All right, <laughs> Lauren 2.0. <laughs> well, I'm not going that hard. But uh, no, I'm just, I'm just, it's, I'm just giving fun. you grief. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm jealous because like, dude, I can barely walk and chew gum kind of, so, kind of <laughs> thing. So, which makes delivering mail super difficult. <laughs> I, I chew way less gum now that I deliver mail. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I, you know, it's that like multitasking on a whole new level people. <laughs> especially um, when there's ice on the ground that's insane oh yeah like uh, deliver mail not fall on the ice and chew gum dude super <laughs> talented it's me that's me that's so awesome. what have you been okay. reading man or have yes. you, do you have like other 
like I, game yes. stuff to talk about? No, no, those are okay. the only two games that I've been okay. playing. Okay. Um, so in terms of reading, I just recently started up a book by Jordan Peterson. If okay. You know who that guy is. is it's that called the, 12 the tw- Rules for Life. Yep. Um, and it is very interesting. So I think in a nutshell, I think he has a lot of really good things to say, a lot of things that people need to hear, uh, even myself included. Mm-hmm. Um, he, so Peterson is a clinical psychologist and so he, um, it's funny because he is so blunt at times, uh, and he talks about just like the way that people are wired and how, um, like uh, case in point, there's a chapter that he has about disciplining children, basically, and he's he's very blunt in saying like, well, if you don't discipline your children, you hate them because life is going to punish them if they don't know right from wrong. Um, so like you may think that you love them when you do when you withhold discipline, but actually you're just trying to be you're just trying to think of yourself as a nice person, but you are actually damaging them horribly. So things like that, where he can be very blunt with what he's trying to say um, for the betterment of his readers. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, like the thing is, you know, I know uh, I've, I've, he's one of the people that I sort of keep up with from time to time. Like he's, he's a blatant humanist. Yeah. Like, yes. It's just, I mean, he, uh, I think he studied under Carl Hung or Young. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, or he's, he's like in that vein of, oh yeah, uh, philosophy, psychology, psychiatry, sort of like that, that pseudo mystical blend stuff. And like, mm-hmm. he, he's just a little further on sort of like the mystical side of things. Yeah. Um, as far as I know. Um, but I mean, yeah, I think like you know, even sort of using that example though, where he's like you know talking about like like if you don't discipline your kids, you you are that is sort of a form of hatred. Like I think that's honestly like something that Christians could agree with, like mm-hmm. to a certain yeah. extent. Like it is a form of you love yourself more than you love your children in that moment because it's more important for you to feel good about you as a mm-hmm. parent than it is for you to do. The right thing. I mean, like, not to to jump yep. into cliches, but I I remember at one point in time, like growing up, my dad looked at me and said, "I'm not here to be your friend. I'm here to be your dad." And I mean, now now, granted, since then, like, I've moved out and grew up, and my dad and I have a friendship. I mean, he and yeah. I went to go see Endgame together. And nice. funny story, he hadn't seen Infinity War. So after oh, wow. we came back, we watched Infinity War. He's like, oh, these things make sense now. <laughs> but yeah. but it's like, you know, that but that sort of mentality is really lost. And it's like and like that's the, the reality is like the, even the parents who sort of like shoot for that friend angle aren't good friends to their kids. Mm-hmm. Like anyways, but yeah, yeah, no. Peterson's like interesting. He's like one of those dudes that I really like, and I mm-hmm. think he, he, in a lot of ways, there's a lot of common ground, like where we're like, no, mm-hmm. this is probably a good practical statement. But I think like, you know, as Christians, we also need to be like super aware of just 
where exactly his allegiances do lie. Like he is a Christian quote unquote, in the sense that he draws a lot of like practical application out of the Bible. He, Mm -hmm. he references the old and new testaments often. Yep. Um, but he treats them as sort of, uh, the myth, like he, he treats it as the Christian myth. And he's like, no, these, these stories in the Bible are communicating greater truths. And we would agree with that, but we understand that those truths ultimately point to Jesus and the need for, Mm -hmm. you know, his work, his life, death and resurrection and the necessity of that work on our behalf for salvation and redemption. He sort of skips that whole part. Like it just sort of looks Mm -hmm. past all of that. So the things he pulls out are good and true, and we can affirm as such them as such. But anyways, didn't mean to. I, I like Peterson, and I I'm kind of want to read the book, but I have a feeling that I kind of know what it would say mm-hmm. <laughs> in a lot yeah. of ways. No, yeah, that 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 totally makes sense. And that that was the other thing that I was going to say. I think you've expressed it really well. Um, is just that it, he. And he is blatant about his um, his uh, influences, I guess, mm-hmm. and uh, so so he's not trying to hide anything. Um, and I agree that that uh, a lot of the things that he says, I can agree with. I think they are good things and things that we need to hear. Um, but the way that he reads and the way that he uses the Bible is extremely dangerous. Yeah. Um, it's it's Absolutely. like a lot of liberal Christianity where you are not reading what the author intended, but what you believe the truth is behind what they say, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Well, you're extrapolating um, your own meaning from the text. You're, yeah. you're superimposing what you think it ought to say. And you're saying like I'm. This is the only proper extrapolation of this text, right? Right. Whereas, as as a Christian, like I do believe that what the Bible says that it is the inspired word of God, mm-hmm. that it is actually God, you know, saying something, not just as you had mentioned, not just myth. Um, certainly, and I think actually, I think that makes his points even more potent because it means these are things that actually happened that God can use typologically. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, we can agree on some things. I, I just think you're, you're, you're losing the entire point, like you said, with everything pointing towards Jesus and the work that he accomplished. Like, it, once you take that out, well, yeah, then, then it's, just, it's just humanism. Um, and it frustrates me. It frustrates the snot out of me sometimes because he'll say things um, that uh, you know maybe maybe it's like the the cage stage precept kid inside me or something mm-hmm. that's just like by what standard um <laughs> that he'll he'll say you know things about being a humanist and and being someone who wants um you know the betterment of society that I, i'm just like but where does this actually come from and and he even uh, i noticed that he he can kind of um contradict himself slightly by saying things like um he he talks about at one point he's talking about society and he's saying um you know if society has these evils well um where did they where did they come from you can't just group people together in a society and not hold the individuals accountable like it has to come from an actual person so talking about like evil coming from people um 
And, and I'm thinking just like, well, yes, but where did that come from? Like, you're not, you're not going back far enough and you're, um, you kind of take for granted what is without, um, without asking the question of why you're simply like looking at what there is and then attempting to move into the future with that. I don't know if I'm explaining myself correctly. Um, but I, I, I'm just. Yeah, it's it's a very interesting book, and I am enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you do have to be careful um, because what he says is good, but it is not the entire truth, and it actually misses a lot of the point. Yeah, the time. I think to sort of what you were talking about, um, just uh, sort of briefly, real quick. I don't want to, <laughs> um, but I think what you, is like what you're seeing is like he comes really close. And so, mm-hmm. yes. in a lot of ways, like, he won't, I think, it, and I don't know if it's a conscious or a an unconscious sort of uh, avoidance of yeah. certain areas. Like, he won't take the question to its root, because if he takes the question to its root, so, like, looking at the, like, there are these evils in society but he won't address like the individual, like, you know, he, it's funny because he talks so much about like individual accountability, but then Mm -hmm. like when he sort of gets on some of like the evils within culture, there's sort of almost like a loosey goosey sort of like, like these cultural sins, but it's not looking and saying like, no, like this is the fault of people. And the reason that these things exist within culture is because people are inherently bent and broken. Mm -hmm. And like we are bent towards evil like and people do wicked things because they are wicked and it's like it's like what is it uh is that romans it's somewhere in romans i my pre-sub game is not super on point but (laughs) it's like it's basically that passage in romans that talks about where they suppress the truth Mm -hmm. he is suppressing the truth whether it's consciously or unconsciously because you know, if if he were to sort of like really embrace the 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 truth, he would have no other options but to acknowledge the God of the Bible. But yeah, that, that's yeah. all I sort of wanted to go like the just sort of like I think that's what you were getting at. Yeah, so. yeah. There's one point in the book he straight up says um, there is no such thing as an atheist, and if you call yourself an atheist, you're dumb because you do not live in accordance with what you say you believe. And I'm just like, what? What? Like, yes, you're right. Mm -hmm. So then, but he doesn't claim to believe in necessarily a God outside of the fact that there is, there is like the typological, the the archetype of God that he would equate along with, you know, like the universe or the way things are set, the order behind the way things have been created. And I'm just like, you're right there, but you don't want to acknowledge, you know, you don't want to acknowledge the personal God that actually the scriptures talk about. And this is why he's like such an, like a target for leftists and the radical humanist movement is because he looks at them and says, you're not honest. And like, he's, he's not really all that, like, he's not much better. You know, it's (laughs) sort of like he's, but it's like that where he's saying like, you're not really an atheist because you don't live your, like, like if you really. Do you want me to? Do you remember Heath Ledger's Joker in the Batman? Yeah, that's an atheist. Mm-hmm. That is a man who's completely 
unhinged from any sort of accountability to any higher authority. He lives solely by his whim to destroy what he seeks to destroy for no reason other than that's what he wants to do. And like people, I, I think if people were, were really honest about like one of the things that is so terrifying about the Heath Ledger Joker is because that is a glimpse into the depravity of man in a way that people, like if they really were like paying attention and thinking through it, should and would terrify them. And anyways, I'm just, yeah. yeah. That's good, man. I, I don't think I've ever heard that comparison, but that is really good. That, I like that a lot. It's, I mean, like that's, that's the horror of the Joker in yeah. that movie. Like that, yeah. that really is. But anyways. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's not you. I, it's taken me so long to get through all of this, but I don't, I don't have much left. Um, so but that's, that's what I've been into lately. Um, quick update on the institutes. I finally finished book one. Good. So that's how far behind I am. Oh dude. I Is that I'm at book two. <laughs> I, I need to sit down and play some catch up there anyways. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's good stuff, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm really glad when I do get the time to, to crack it open. Um, it is definitely good stuff. Uh, but yeah, so I, I was very happy that I'm like, oh, it actually, it, I'm, I'm done with it. Like I'm, it, I say done, done with book one, you know, there's still, it's what, maybe a quarter into it. I don't yeah, know. Like a third, a quarter of the way through. I think there's okay. three books. I'm not a hundred percent. Okay. Okay. Well, the yeah, so that's where I am with the institutes and then with James, I've just been I've been plugging away at trying to fit all the pieces together, if that makes sense. Um I'm still I'm not working on it every day like I probably should be. Um, but when I do get the chance, I'm still just like fitting it all together because I've got it in pieces, but it's just not all there together and I get tripped up pretty easily and you know, like we've talked about before, mm-hmm. when, when you're doing big chunks, it's like it takes up more time than you kind of expect. So, um, or my mind will tend to wander. And, and with the emphasis, I'm really stuff. trying to retain it too. That, that, right. Like, you're like, I cannot forget like the foundational stuff. It makes it really hard to move past because, like, the minute like you're sort of stumbling over the beginning stuff, like, now I have to go back and shore this up. Mm-hmm. So. No, I just, yeah. yeah. The last thing I just want to mention, um, just as a quick follow up to last week's episode, um, th- th- just because I can hear it in the background right now, is that after I say last week, the last episode that we did, um, Samantha mentioned that she liked fishing games. Mm-hmm. And so we searched through uh, to, to see if there were any good fishing games on Switch. And we picked up Fishing Star World Tour. And she has really been enjoying it. It's actually got some really good um, motion controls to it. Okay. So you use it like a, a like a real, it's got the, um, whatchamacallit, the HD rumble in there. I can kind um, of see her, like her hands just like flipping oh. up and down a little bit in the background. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. So I, I, I just, I was looking it. back there and I was like, I was like, what are what you doing? and then I saw like her hands like moving. I was like, eh. and then you were like fishing. I was like, oh, that's what it is. That's there what you it go. Is. She's fishing. Cool. Um, very cool. Oh, what was I going to say? Oh, the one thing about it, though, it, that's hilarious is the translation is super wooden. 
Like it, it is like the translation of an NES game. Mm. Um, there's some things about it that I'm just like, I, like yesterday or the other day she was playing it. And one of the areas that she got to was called. Yes, that's what it was. She got to an area and it's called lost nerve Lake. <laughs> And and it, it's it's hilarious because cause also you know when you're when the main character kind of talks to you it's in stilted English okay um but that's how this was too and I was like I I get what they're going for because I could see you know if you go somewhere and it's called Lake Pensive okay that sounds like that would be more of yeah you know, so that would sound more like English like I get that's what it said in Japanese. And so they just straight translated. It was like it. a straight like one to one. It's like this is like lake. the closest thing we've got in Japanese yeah. to this, and it's like, like Google Translate. Okay, we're good. Like they clearly didn't actually speak English. They just you know we're trying to get it out for English. So I think it's hilarious, but it's funny because sometimes it's hard to understand what they're saying. Anyways, uh, I've gone far too long ah. with my report. What do you have to report in on about, sir? Um. Well, I just had a couple of weeks where I just, did, I mean, I did some reading, um, but it was like, I read through Galatians a couple of times. Um, mm-hmm. I've really, I really fell off the bandwagon with my memorization. I was doing pretty good. Like okay. I was using the the app for uh, a while there, like two or three times a week. I just like sit down and use it for like 15 minutes a pop or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, but you know, I did just have a birthday, so I feel like. A little bit. It was just like, yeah, let myself off the hook a little bit. You know? There you go. And I just let myself go a little <laughs> bit, you know, like, you know, eight, eight pies later, you know, I'm wearing sweatpants <laughs> to everything. Um, it's sort of the same sort of like uh, mental space, I guess. Uh, anyways, uh, you know, as far as reading goes, I did listen to a lot of fiction and I'm going to throw this okay. out there with a fairly strong caveat. All right. So a buddy of mine turned me on to these books. Uh, they're called the Dresden Files. And I, I basically listened to all of them at this point in time. And it's like basically nice. sort of a Raymond Chandler meets Harry Potter vibe. Hmm. It's like a... like Harry Dresden is a private eye, but he's also a wizard. And <laughs> it is in Chicago. And so it's... It's goofy, and um, I'll tell you what, like, the last couple of books, I was like, oh, okay, like, it's, like, it's starting to really kind of go off the rails. I really felt like, earlier on, they were really good, but a buddy of mine turned me on to them, and, like, it's just, like, one of those things, like, I listen to them, and I enjoy them, and so... Uh, I'm sort of now I've entered into the the part where I'm eagerly awaiting the next book to listen to. So uh, nice. th- it'll be a while though. He's he's still writing it. So um, oh okay, yeah. I, there's I think like twelve actual like there's some like anthology stuff too that he's done with Harry Dresden stories and stuff and and I'll pick those up and go through those at some point. But uh, so I I listened. I just finished that up and I really like those. But again, there's some language and some. <sighs> There's no explicit sexuality, but there's stuff where, like, okay. you know, he's dealing with fairy and everything else where 
No, that's not even true because in the last book there was a scene that I was listening to and I'm going, oh my. <laughs> mm. um, so, false. I was wrong about something. Um, I don't want to give them like the Nate seal of approval, like, yes, everybody should listen to these. But, yeah, you know, listen to the first couple. Um, I think they're interesting. And if if you want. I don't know. It's just something that I've been sort of getting into. Anyways, so yeah. I, I finished cool. those up. Um, and it's just, I listen to those while I, I walk. Should probably, there are other things I ought to be listening to instead of those too. But anyways, <laughs> anyways, um, just as far as like, I haven't done any of sort of my good and angry reading or even, you know, just some of the stuff I need, other stuff I need to be reading or should be reading rather. I haven't really kept up with. So shame on me. You know, this week I'm going to try and I actually have. So I took Saturday and Monday off and then I actually have Friday and Saturday off. So I only work Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday this week. Um, Yeah, I like that. I'm not going to complain. And then uh, (laughs) um, so I'm going to I think this weekend uh, there's a church retreat and uh we're going to do, do go to some of that and I'm going to take some books and just maybe carve out a couple hours after the retreat. Cause yeah, anyway, anyways, we're going to come home at night and stuff. Anyways, sort of rabbit trailing, mm-hmm. you know, sorry, weirdness. Um, but one of the, uh, so I, I talked about how I've been playing, playing Odin sphere and mm-hmm. I am at a point like, and I've just, I haven't done like a ton of, it's not outside of today. Cause today I just sort of was like a bum and I played for a few hours at one clip, but I've just sort of been like a little bit of piecemealing here and there. And, um, and again, it's just like, it's a sort of a very simple, it's like a side scroller sort of beat em up. RPG mashup sort of thing. Yeah. I actually, one of the things I just discovered is that you can map pretty much all the commands to like different diagonal commands and everything. So you can actually do like Hadoukens and stuff like that (laughs) and assign a special move to that. I refuse to do that (laughs) because that's entirely like at some point in time, I might go like, I might say like, I'm just going to try and play this way with a particular character just like pick one and sort of master them what i end up doing is mm-hmm. just like you can bring up a menu choose a skill and launch into it and i just chain that like into the the combos but anyways gotcha some people will probably be like oh, that's cheating i'm like if it's cheating then why does the game let you play it that way get out <laughs> of my face um but uh i i just like the game and you know, I liked it back when I played on PS2. It's a little bit different. Um, it's, I think it's just a very pretty game, and I enjoy it. And I'm just having a good time with it. It's one of those things where it's it's pretty uh, lighthearted. Mm-hmm. I don't. It doesn't require like a ton of commitment to to play. Um, you know, it's like it's just like easy in, easy out sort of stuff. And so, yeah. just been playing that, and I'm at a point where. There are five characters, like it's there. There are five storylines that you have to play through in order to unlock the end game. And then once you unlock the end game, okay. there's sort of a cycle that you can go through. And so I just got to that point. And each one of those those playthroughs, no spoilers for the end game. 
No, no spoilers for Endgame. Ooh, I see what you did there. <laughs> but, um, so I just got to the point where, like, I unlocked the sort of, like, the actual Endgame cycle stuff. And, uh, okay. you know, it's just been, like, it's just been fun. Like I said, like, it's not essentially dumb fun. And then um, the other thing I've been playing sort of I, with any, like, the only other thing that I played was, uh, well, my wife got me The World Ends With You, and I did for my birthday. And I nice. really like that game back on the DS. It's like a really weird take on sort of an action RPG sort of touchscreen sort of thing. It's weird. Yeah. Have you ever played it? Yes, I okay. played through it on, on DS. So you know exactly, like I beat it on DS, and you know how weird that game is on DS. Yeah. And it's just as weird on the Switch, only it's the screen's a lot bigger, and it's kind of mm-hmm. pretty. Um, nice. And I like that game. I think like it's got a really... I, I really like the soundtrack on that game a lot. Okay. Um, so I played a little bit of that. I guess I posted it in the book club. I did find some... I found an old gift card that I think someone mm-hmm. had given me at Christmas that I just didn't know I had. So I picked up some Nintendo credit. And uh, I got Katana Zero and Wargroove. And uh, I I screwed around a little bit with those, but I sort of put them on the back burner until uh, other things are are finished. But I've been playing Borderlands 2, or Borderlands the pre-sequel with my buddy Parker. Oh, nice. And I like Borderlands 2 a lot. I liked Borderlands a lot too, but... The pre-sequel is different in in, in okay. enough ways that I'm kind of like, I don't know how I feel about it yet. It's it's sort of like, hmm. it's one of those games that like I, I kind of like it in concept, but I'm still holding out on the execution. Like, it's fun. Like, the shooting's okay. Um, this game, the pre-sequel plays very differently than Borderlands 2 because you're, as far as, so far... It's all been sort of based on a moon. So there's a lot of uh, running from like sort of point to point. There's an, an oxygen meter. So like okay. you have to sort of keep this meter in mind as far as like breathing and things like that. And then there's sort of, there's a, basically a low gravity. So you jump really high and everything's sort of very swimmy and floaty it's it's goofy and it's fun, but I just don't. It's also kind of frustrating because Borderlands Two felt very quick and very like punchy, and mm-hmm. like you could like the the not as like frenetic or kinetic as Doom, but it was still mm-hmm. like very like there was a lot of moving around and you didn't feel like where this one is sort of a little bit of a slower sort of bogs down a little bit. Um, yeah. But, uh, so yeah, I've just been playing that, uh, as, like I said, as far as like memorization and, and the re- rest of my reading and stuff, I sort of fell off the wagon a little bit. I did manage to read through Galatians a couple of times over the last couple of weeks, but I really want to get back in the habit of doing that. If not every day, every other day. Um, okay. and, uh, so, and like I That's said, because I, I do intend to, sort of pen a personal commentary on the book uh or sort yeah. of like a 
uh, collection of the best of sermons and commentaries on it, in my opinion. So that's that. That's but cool. Before I forget, um, there was one more thing. Megan would be really mad since you mentioned Samantha and the fishing game. Megan would be really mad if I didn't mention this. Now, she plays a little bit more than Samantha does, but mm-hmm. she's been playing that Fallout Vault game, like the one where it's like the, okay. the sim sort of vault management sort of thing. Um, yeah. She's been playing that on the Switch a little bit. Um, huh. She likes it, but she's also been playing something that's a little bit more on the hardcore side, and it has been really hard for me not to be a backseat driver on this one. <laughs> And there have been a few times where I just look at her and I'm like, just give me the switch. I will I will show you what you need to do. <laughs> She's playing Hollow Knight. Hollow Knight! Oh my gosh. Like as soon as you said a little more hardcore, um, that's what popped into my head. But then I was like, no, there's no way. There's no way. That's awesome. Yeah. Um oh, she man. actually beat the false knight um okay. today. And she was she was in a different room and I just hear this, Woohoo! I did it. <laughs> yeah kind of like this and i was like what'd you do and she's like i beat i beat the the guy and i was like i was like oh <laughs> okay very nice yes. very nice but that being said we should probably get on to the topic of the show all right yes so if all of our chit chat and our Backlog reporting didn't put you to sleep. Hopefully this won't either. <laughs> or hopefully it will. Or hopefully you'll just pause it and go to sleep. And then wake up sleep. and listen to this. Because, yeah, this might be helpful or good. Possibly. We'll see. I hope it is. I hope it is. Let's see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not going to um, promise anything here, people. <laughs> so so funny enough, why, uh, why are we're a, we're a podcast about beating down our backlogs why are we talking about sleep like what how does this even where, where's the connecting point here well let me tell you friends um as we've talked about you know even just mentioning hollow knight just a second ago um that i understand as someone who enjoys video games that it is a hobby that can sometimes cause you to lose sleep not only that it can cause you to at least Personally, in my life, it can cause me to undervalue sleep, mm-hmm. and uh, I will I will put things like sleep on the back burner so that I can play more games. You know, get the next level. You know, do the next thing. Take down the boss. Oh, oh, it's the worst when I'm at the very end of a game, and I'm like, no, I just need to take down this boss. And then I can. Dark go to Souls bed. is bad. Yes, yeah, yeah. Because there are some games I just mentioned, Dark Souls, that will that will fill me with adrenaline, so I don't feel like I need sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's that's dangerous. That's dangerous. At least RPGs aren't generally that uh, mm-hmm. blood pumping. Um, so that so we wanted to talk about sleep because you know, as we do on this podcast, we. We like to have candid conversations about things that we may be struggling with or things that, you know, we ought to address within our contexts. 
you know, and, mm-hmm. and so um, here we are today talking about sleep. So I wanted to start off, just, you know, get the ball rolling by talking about um, my uh, outlook on sleep in general, okay? Like any other functioning adult, I assume, um, I enjoy the act of sleeping, like I, I enjoy, you know, I, I'm not like a, uh, like a five-year-old who doesn't want to take naps because they don't ever want to sleep. Like, no, I, I, I enjoy the feeling I get from sleeping, but I have to be honest with you, sleep, the fact that I need sleep frustrates me to no end. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I, I don't like the fact that I have to spend a third of my life unconscious. <laughs> I don't, there are so many things, not, not just video games, but yeah, the video games is, I think, emblematic of um, just the things that I enjoy doing, the things that I want to accomplish, that uh, the, even if it's something, yeah, something dumb like binging a show or something like that, things that I would rather do than lay down in my bed and not move for six hours a night. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so right off the bat, my baseline is I, I dislike the concept of sleep. Again, I enjoy the act of sleeping. I like how it makes me feel. Um, but I, I don't like the fact that I need sleep. Mm. And I got to be honest with you, I think a lot of that is rooted in pride. Mm. Um, I'll, I'll be honest as, you know, as, how do I put this? I don't know that this is necessarily explicit in scripture in the, in uh, that, that God has necessarily laid this out, but I think it is implicit in the fact that our bodies require sleep. Um, that God says you can't do it all. Like you need to shut down and reset every day for one third of your life. You need to just let everything go and reset. Hmm. Um, so that's, that's kind of the baseline with where I'm starting at. Again, I don't necessarily want to, you know, say that that's explicitly why God created sleep, but I do think that that's one part of it. Um, I read a book about sleep. It, it's from it, it's by a sleep researcher, a sleep expert. Um, so it's only a single book. I am not an expert, but I am probably going to use a lot of the concepts from the book because it was eye opening. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the the book is called Why We Sleep by I think Matthew Smith is his name. I could be I could be wrong with that, but um, regardless, so he he talks about sleep in the very beginning, and I've already kind of alluded to it that sleep is this thing where, like, oh you know, yeah, he he frames it like, what if I told you that for one third of your life you were going to go unconscious, your entire body would be paralyzed, and you would hallucinate for one third of your life, but when you came out of that coma, you wouldn't remember any of your hallucinations. Like, you sound like a crazy person, but that's something that you do every single day of your life. Mm-hmm. Well, I and, mean, you know, 
some of the old school hippies and uh, their substances. They do that <laughs> electively, you know. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's a good point. Um, again, to me, that like even hi- even reading that in the book, yeah. I, it frustrates me. Part of me is just like, no, I don't want to do that. Um, but again, I I think that that is kind of. I think that God has a sense of humor. <laughs> well, I think too, like what, what's hard is that because especially the culture that we live in is so production oriented. It's like mm-hmm. there, it, and I'm, I think there's like a couple of different extremes that people tend to veer towards. Um, but the one that I think, I think there's a couple that we'll probably even address throughout the the course of this conversation. But the one is like, if you're not doing something, you're, you know, to quote John Piper, you're wasting your life. You know, so Mm -hmm. if you aren't being super active all the time and sort of having an agenda and sleep is basically uh, a six to nine hour window where you are not being productive and like even like you know like the the polyphasic sleep and stuff like that mm-hmm. like the guys who like take like the 2 hour naps or whatever it is four times a day i'm like man like this like this obsession with productivity like when my parents were in town uh, we actually talked a little bit about like the european model versus the american model of like how we work how we vacation you know and we we mm-hmm. talked about like paid parental leave um for paternal and maternal leave um and just like there's a like the american culture like and in some ways i think it is a good thing uh that we are so sort of work oriented that we are producers okay. we are the, mm-hmm. like there is I, and i think one of the things that the american economy has gotten away from is making things we've become very mm-hmm. service oriented versus product oriented as far but that's a different topic for maybe not even this podcast but i'm saying like i think like frankly um you know that it's it's just an interesting sort of and and i i i don't know if i would say i think you know i I did some looking around some digging around on the internet and i found Mm -hmm. uh an article on from crosswalk and i've never heard of them before and i read it and it's not, I mean, maybe we'll throw links in it, but it, it throws out a couple of scriptures that sort of, I think, are helpful in in sort of explaining, I think, some of the necessity of sleep. But okay. we'll get there. So Nice. Oh, well, it's funny that you mentioned the, the polyphasic sleep, I mm-hmm. think is, what, is how, what it's termed. I had looked into that... Um, it was before I was married. So mm. that short window, cause I got married very young, um, that short window off when I was off on my own and, uh, before I got married that I, I became interested in trying to, to teach my body to do that. But I did never, I did never actually go through with it. Cause again, I got married and then it, it doesn't make sense to be on a completely separate sleeping schedule after you get married. Like yeah. it's just, I don't know. I don't know. That just seems weird. Anyways, um, so one of the things, I think one of the biggest things actually that I took away from that whole concept of like, of uh, sleeping, like different sleeping schedules and different sleeping periods is that you can train your body to sleep less. Um, 
And and one of the things that I took away from that now I understand is a false um, way of looking at sleep is that basically um, if you think of sleep like like an old school like arcade game, mm-hmm. um, when you're playing for X amount like or when you're sleeping for X amount of time, um, well like let's say every hour is like throwing in another continue another quarter into the arcade machine. Um, and so gradually you're getting farther and farther and farther in the game throughout the night. But if you wake up at any point throughout the night, then you have to start over. It's like unplugging the machine Mm. and you have to start over the game. Um, so, so basically what you have to do is you have to have the longest stretch of uninterrupted sleep because your body hits REM sleep at a certain point, rapid eye movement sleep. And that's basically when you're dreaming your eyes actually move left to right, which is kind of cool. If you didn't know that, um, it's kind of weird when you look at someone going through REM sleep. Um, but now that I've said it, you'll notice it too, that you'll do it, which is, again, it's, it's weird. Sleep is a weird thing. Yeah. Um, but my understanding was that, okay, well, the, well, there's this idea of, you know, that, that sleep is, the more sleep that you get, or the, the longer that you're asleep, the longer stretch that you're asleep, the better sleep that you're going to get. So what you can do is you can cut that short from, you know, typically it's eight hours. If you cut that down to six hours a night, eventually your, your body will learn. I am only getting six hours of sleep a night. I need to hit that REM sleep, that really restful sleep sooner so that I can feel well rested. And you basically kind of force your body to get eight hours worth of sleep in a six hour time period. Well, that polyphasic um, stuff, like what they would do is you would starve yourself so that your body, the minute yep. you would close your eyes, is you go right into REM. Yep. And you'd get like an hour of REM or whatever. I don't I don't know. It's, it's an hour or two. Like, Yeah. The, the most extreme that I had heard was that it was like two hours at night and then like 15 minutes every two hours. Oh, that's horrifying. Throughout the day, so, something, something like that. But it, it's like you're on this weird cycle where you absolutely have to sleep those, those tiny little chunks. Like you will get super tired. And so you have to plan around it, basically. Yeah. Like you'd have to have a job that allows you to take breaks where you can get that tiny bit of sleep. Um, so no truckers. Uh, well, I mean, I guess you could pull off to the side of the road. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, there are just things that you can't do. Yeah. Um, so so it, it became very limiting. But that that's the basic concept. And what I took away from that is that, well, you can train your body. If your body knows that you're, you know, that you're only going to get X amount of time, whether that's, you know, six hours or whatever, um, then it will hit that, that really restful sleep um, really quickly. So, uh, taking that idea, I did, um, earlier in the year, well, for, for a few months, I was trying to, my goal was to get six hours of sleep a night. So basically sleep from 11 to five. Um, and it, while I don't think it was, um, necessarily, I don't think I had horrible side effects, um, I do think in hindsight, it is not good for your body to attempt to get uh, less than eight hours of sleep, like an actual, actually attempting to do. Now, obviously, that not everyone sleeps eight hours a night. Mm-hmm. I get that. 
Um, but I think, especially after reading this book about sleep, it talks about the benefits of sleep, though it has basically in a nutshell, you have a way higher chance of disease and cancer and all kinds of crazy stuff if you don't sleep. Dude, I actually, um, just a quick, I actually looked up something from John Hopkins. Okay. And it has like a little infographic about just some of the negative side effects of sleep deprivation, some of the mm-hmm. long-term health effects. Um, and there's some interesting stats in here that I'd like to throw in too. So uh, one of the things it, it pointed out that 6,000 fatal car crashes are caused by drowsy driving each year. Mm-hmm. Uh, one in 25 adults who've fallen asleep at the wheel have done so in the, like it, it's saying one in 25 adults who've fallen asleep at the past, at the wheel in the past month. Um, so 25% mm-hmm. of the population falls asleep at the wheel. Um, in, in a, at least, uh, I don't know how many times a month. Um, there is a 33% increase in dementia risk. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can age your brain three to five years um, if you deprive yourself of sleep long term. Uh, you are at a greater risk for depression, irritability, anxiety, forgetfulness, and they use the word fuzzy thinking. There's a 48% increase in developing heart disease. You are three, t- you compromise 48%. your- 48%. That's crazy. Yes. Uh, you compromise your immune system to the point where you are three times more likely to catch a cold. You have increased risk of blood pressure. Um, you have uh, less active immunity protectors called uh, natural killer cells. I, I, I guess mm-hmm. that's the health term. I don't know. Uh, John Hopkins. It's an infographic. It's for dummies. <laughs> so um, you, 30%, 36% increase for risk of colorectal cancer. And you put yourself at uh, a three, you are three times more likely to get type 2 diabetes. One of the other things wow. that uh, sleep depra- uh, deprivation does is that uh, you, your body generates higher levels of the hunger hormone ghrelin. Which results mm-hmm. in a I don't know if I'm saying that right. It's G H R E. Yeah. No. Yeah. You get it. You got it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's you. It actually causes you to crave food, um, especially sweet, salty, and starchy food. The high carb, like sugary junk that has very little actual. Like it's it's food, and you can burn it, but it's not super good. Um, and it lowers your levels of the appetite appetite control hormone leptin you're also at a 50 percent higher risk for obesity if you get less than five five hours of sleep nightly and this isn't like like this isn't like the odd man out like where you like you're getting you know everybody has like an odd night you know yeah but i'm saying like if you you are consistently depriving yourself of sleep all of these things all of these health issues like you are sort of gambling with that stuff um right like that's just some that's just some like these are the most prevalent consequences and so um yeah anyways i just wanted to throw that, that in there so yeah yeah that's really good i i found the same thing and um it does talk it it talked a lot about 
all this stuff in the book as well. Um, but even at the top of the infographic at the very end, it says uh, sleep deprivation can also affect your judgment so that you don't notice its effects. Mm. So it kind of has the same effect as like someone who's had something, some alcohol in their mm-hmm. system. And to where, well, I mean, I don't know how many people that, you know, it's a very common thing that someone after a couple of drinks is like, well, I'm fine to drive home. Like, it's it's okay. Like, I'm not really feeling it. It's just a little bit. You don't notice how, how much Impaired it's affecting you, you. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And sleep has the same effect. So, you can almost, again, in my mind, I thought I can shoot for less amounts of sleep. And I will train my body to get less amounts of sleep. And so um, it's, kind of, it's kind of like a placebo. Well, if I believe that that's happening, well, then I don't notice that I'm actually not, you know, that I'm more tired than normal. Like I'm, I'm lying to myself and attempting to, you know, to basically feel better about myself that, hey, I don't have to get eight hours of sleep a night. I can get six. It's going to be okay. Um, I think another thing that that contributes to this is the, I don't know if it's everyone, but some people, the excessive amount of caffeine that we put in our Mm. systems. Um, And I, guys, I enjoy coffee a lot. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm not, I'm not against coffee, but the way that the book explained what caffeine does to your system is basically it will hold off that, that, the the part of your brain that builds up kind of like a sleep um a, a need for sleep it will basically block all of that build up so that you don't notice how much you need sleep until it wears off and then it all hits and that's the crash you know we all kind of know yeah. what a caffeine crash feels like so uh, w- what i took away from that is that it doesn't actually make you less tired it just makes you numb to noticing that you're tired hmm. does that make sense yeah no it, it blocks the receptors um, that would normally serve as a safeguard like hey i got sleepy exactly. maybe i should think about going to bed well now we're like no i'll drink a cup of coffee and where you naturally would sort of like be gearing down and going to bed it's like well i'm gonna stay up and yeah i mean don't get me wrong right. i'm i I used to drink now, and I I've I've scaled way back. I drink one or okay. two cups of coffee a day most okay. of the time. Yeah, um, they're larger cups, but you know, okay. it's, it's like might be like two cups of coffee. Anyway, anyways, mm-hmm. I used to drink. I I could go through a pot by myself on a day, yeah, like a day to day basis for a long, long time. We're talking like the twelve cup, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like the big pot. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a few years ago, I just decided to scale back and, uh, cause mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, it probably isn't great to just be drinking gallons of coffee. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so please don't hear either of us as saying that caffeine or caffeine or coffee is bad. That's not what I'm saying. I would just, I just want you to know what it is actually doing to you because, this it was kind of eye opening when it talked about this in the book that I was reading. Um, just the fact that it does not actually make you less tired. It doesn't help you, like in a physio- physiological sense, in a biological sense. It is not actually staving off your tiredness. Your body still needs that sleep. 
it is numbing you to the effects um, of that tiredness. Hmm. So, um, so that kind of changed the way that I was looking at. Because you know, I I make coffee early in the morning. You know, most people when you wake up, you make coffee. Yeah. Well, that's not necessarily helpful, especially if you're trying to um, if you're trying to get enough sleep for your body. That may not be a good that may not be a best practice because it could actually be preventing your body from telling you that you need more sleep. Um, now, obviously we all have responsibilities and things that we have to do. Um, and ca- caffeine and coffee can be very useful in regulating ourselves, but um, we can also go overboard. And so I, again, I just encourage you to understand what it's doing and then use it responsibly. Mm. Uh, gosh, I sound like, I sound like I'm, Really old, um, this, but I am this really moment old. So. With Doctor Josh, right, right. <laughs> Consume coffee responsibly. Um, well, the dangers of what were you going to no, say? No, nothing, nothing. I I was actually enjoying. You, you know what? I I I I, I regret <laughs> interrupting the Doctor Josh monologue. Um, yeah, I wanted to sort of double back a little bit and sort of mm-hmm. yeah. Yes, we are a a video game hobbyist enthusiast podcast. But one of the other things that we constantly and, and consistently try to bring up is this is about stewardship first, mm-hmm. first and foremost. And so I think like if you're asking yourself and, and the reason we, we sort of glommed onto this topic was because it, let, let's be honest, a lot of times in gamer circles, there's that, I think we've all seen, it's like the little meme and it shows like a person's like, like they have this like meter or this gauge where it's like they have all these things that they need to do and a new game comes out and they've got all these little blocks in the stack or whatever. And it says like one of them is sleep and it's like a big old chunk. And it's, it's like, well, I just don't have time for this. And then it, the guy, it shows the guy sort of looking at the stack and he, he edges out the sleep and slips the game into the sleep slot. Mm-hmm. And so that's like, I mean, yes, that's sort of like low hanging fruit there, people. Like we all do it. I mean, Josh and I have both, I think, told either our wives have outed us and told us about ourselves or we've outed ourselves a little bit. You know, uh, Megan last or uh, last episode like outed me on the fact that there was a night when I played Spider Man till three in the morning because <laughs> I'm a dumb dumb head and you know like I'm a big old dummy and uh, you know it, it was sort of that like anyways it was sort of just one of those moments where you know it's a good game I liked it and I didn't want to stop playing it when I should have just been a grown up and said, I can come back to this in a few hours. It's time to go to bed. Um, But like looking at the stewardship angle, like one of the things like first and foremost, like stewardship is not just about like using your time and your money. Well, I mean, yes, that is definitely a big part of it. Your chief resource. If I could say like the only resource that you is, is your body. And your yeah. ability to do things like that is like the, the resource that all other resources you have to spend, quote unquote, time, money, etc., stems from. And if you aren't taking care of your body, you know, not to be like the, oh, the body's a temple, but it is, you know, we, mm. we believe 
as Christians that you are, that every human being is Imago Dei. They are created in the image of God. And God has like mandated this for us. Now, we don't know if sleep existed prior to the fall. I kind of hope it did, because mm-hmm. that means we get to sleep in eternity, and I like sleep, and I would like to sleep well. <laughs> I, I mean, God put Adam to sleep in order to create Eve, so that seems normal, right? And God, I mean, I don't want to get too much into it, but according to your, like, depending on how you interpret the law of the Sabbath, God mandates rest for his people. Like, mm-hmm. I think... I think at the very sort of loosest interpretation of that, I know some people would disagree with me on this, but I think like God in in that Sabbath rest, you know, command in the in the Old Testament, and I'm I'm throwing air quotes around that. Again, at some point in time, we will talk about Sabbatarian practices and where we sort of fall in that spectrum. This is not okay. that episode, um, but I believe that at its very the very lowest sort of interpretation god is looking at at humanity and saying you need to rest like you need to stop you do not need to be working all the time there's a a time to be done like there's a time Mm -hmm. to step away from labor there's a time to breathe okay and again not going to get into the details uh of of how the observing the Sabbath or whatever applies or doesn't apply. So, but I think there is something that there is a principle there in there saying that, and I think you started to hit on it. We are not God. We cannot, yeah, we cannot do everything. We are bound. And, and I think one of the reasons that a lot of people hate sleep is because it is a reminder of your finitude. You are mm-hmm. not limitless. And, um, you know, to be perfectly frank, I had a very unhealthy relationship with sleep. Uh, I don't talk a ton about my past, but I have occasionally, uh, I think on the podcast here, I was a substance abuser for years. And one of the things I like to stay awake. And so I would use illegal substances to keep myself awake for hours and days at a time. And oh, wow. um, I can tell you now, years on the other side of a lot of this stuff, some of the biggest mistakes I made were because I had been up for a day or two on a bender of some sort. And this, this, my judgment now, looking at it now, was severely impaired. So this is not just like, oh, doctors say you should get sleep. I'm saying like, nope, I can tell you. Like, and I've pulled all nighters and I've stayed up for 24 to 36 hours on end. And sometimes I just do that. Yeah. I've done that without chemical, you know, yeah. assistance. Um, mm-hmm. But it just like you hit a point where it's like, I mean, I have fallen asleep driving a car. Like, this is not great. So I just, mm-hmm. th- there is a very real and practical sort of thing here where you know yes there are health like this has an effect on your health it has an effect on your mental state and frankly we need to get over ourselves i i like the fact josh that you said like one of the reasons that you sort of bristle against sleeping and sleeping well is because of pride because i think that's Mm -hmm. that we need to be honest and that really is 
the bottom line for a lot of us. It's like, if I had more time, I could do all these things that I want. And I'm saying like, well, you don't, you you know, like this is like God built in a reminder saying, you're not me. You can't do it all, you know? And so we need to be wise with the time. Um, There was, and, and I, I shared it with you, but there was that Tim Challies article that I wanted to bring up, and it's a couple years old. Yeah. Um, actually, before, well, no, we'll, uh, I'm kind of bouncing around here and going, you know, just being crazy. Um, but Tim Challies, and, and, you know, in God's providence, uh, Tim Challies wrote this article a couple years ago, and it actually showed up in my Twitter timeline. I don't know, maybe he just bumped it because it was like, ah, you know, I haven't, this is a couple years old. It was, it was actually written, uh, it's April 28th, 2017. So it's (laughs) two years and one day old. Um, But it's, it's called, uh, the the title of the article or the blog post is called Netflix, Netflix's Biggest Competition. And I'll give you guys the cliff notes. It's only like, 10 paragraphs tops. It's not super long. Uh, it might not even be that long. But uh, it talks about an article that he read or some sort of news. Th- he read something or saw something where uh, someone was interviewing Reed Hastings, who was at that time the CEO of Netflix. And uh, one of the questions they asked him was like, you know, what do you think of your competition? You know, how do you view your competition? And the Hastings answer was particularly, particularly, uh, particularly, I, I, oh my gosh, I need to just stop <laughs> trying to say that word, but it was very telling, you know, I wanted to be eloquent and articulate and I can't, so I'm getting tired and I need to heed my body's call, um, you know. But, and he said, uh, I'm going to, it turns out that Netflix, this is a quote from the article, um, or from uh, Charlie's article, rather. It turns out that Netflix doesn't actually consider Amazon or HBO or Hulu or any other similar company its true competition. Netflix's main competitor is something far more elemental, sleep. When you watch a show from Netflix and you get addicted to it, you stay up late at night. You're really, well, we're competing with sleep on the margin. And so it's a very large pool of time. And so I read that and that was sort of like the hook for me. And it was like, boom, just in, you know, just, I don't, I don't know what else that like, why would Hastings look at sleep as sort of like the competition or like that sort of vying for your time? And it's that we're losing six to nine hours a day where they can't have their hooks in us. And I think like, you know, let, let's be honest, like th- that is a, like every industry to a certain extent wants to dominate the market and video games are no different in this situation. Probably mm-hmm. I think in, and some even, uh, there are some parallels and maybe even video games are even sort of like as far as like how we consume the hobby are maybe even a little further on down in the in the pecking order um yeah one of the things here i i didn't highlight the the bit okay so i think this is 
So this is, again, quoting the Challies article. As I see it, Netflix and its competitors have already staked their claim to our every waking moment. Now their goal is to first fill our every waking moment and then to stretch our waking moments to increase their quantity. They will create, purchase, and license so much compelling programming that we will watch it from the moment we get home from school or work until the moment we have to we just have to turn in for the night. By releasing entire seasons at once, rather than the traditional rate of an episode per week, they are helping us to form habits of binging, of reducing sleep to gain entertainment. They are, by Hastings' own admission, training us to be addicted to what they provide. And uh, then he goes on to say that, uh, you know, as Christians, we are commanded to redeem the time. In the book of Ephesians, Paul speaks about the necessity of living with wisdom and then says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. The reference on that is Ephesians five fifteen through 16. Um, through Paul, God commands us to live with purpose and wisdom, to make the most of every opportunity, to bless and serve others. Netflix, Netflix can help and hinder us in this task. Netflix can help us when it serves as a means of rest from our daily tasks and burdens so that we can return to our work refreshed. It hinders us when it breaks beyond that, when it becomes addictive, and when it causes us to avoid, neglect, or procrastinate the responsibilities God has assigned to us. And I'm not going to like go, I'm not going to read any more of the article, but Chalice goes on to point out that like, and this is something that I, I, this was a gut check for me. And this is a guy, you know, who, I've spent, you know, well, especially since the podcast began, like, you know, I've really looked into sort of like a theology of recreation and how to enjoy recreation well. And like, frankly, we were not created to be entertained. Entertainment is Mm -hmm. good in its right place. Recreation is good in its right place. Um, But the point is, the minute it comes out of that right place, which is as a means to refresh us and becomes something that is controls and dictates the terms of our lives here. Like the, the, the parallels to me are in this article and just like looking at how we engage video games there. It's like right there. And so it's like, you know, we don't work so that we can play video games or we don't work to facilitate our, our leisure time, or our recreation time, we recreate so that we can work hard and work well. Like you, we are called to, to labor well. Now that also means that we need to put labor in its proper place. And while we are created for that, we also need to put it down when it is right, when it is good. Mm-hmm. Like when we come home, we need to be at home. And that is a time for, like there's work to be done at home. You know, anybody... Anybody who has a family can tell you that. Like, you know, there's, <laughs> and it's, it's frankly an area where I've confessed and, 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 and I will confess again and I need to repent of. Like, I come home from work and I sometimes I need to just like, I need to start knuckling down and spend an hour or two getting stuff done around the house because that's just an area where I consistently fail to not only lead my wife, but to provide and serve her, uh, provide for and serve her in that capacity. But so it's, I just like that, that one. um, Oh, well here I am going to quote him one more time. Uh, Netflix's goal 
is domination which makes it opposed to any form of moderation. We, on the other hand, must tenaciously hold to our conviction that work, not entertainment, is the purpose of life. Faith in Christ does not compel us to work so we can rest, but rest so that we can work. Anyways, I recommend this. Josh, we, we should probably put this one in the show notes because I, I think it is, it's a quick read yeah. and it's, it's good um, for us to just sort of work through some of that. Um, but that really, like I read that article and I sort of meant like, I don't know, like it really, it was, it was a bit of a gut check for me because like where he talks mm-hmm. about um, procrastination, like the, the, the reality is like we, we put off like the things we ought to be doing so that we can be entertained and then we stay up late and uh, you know, we're like, we're going to, I'm going to watch six episodes of Brooklyn Nine-Nine it's a show my wife and I are watching together right now. But, you know, we're going to, you know, I'll stay up and watch five or six episodes of that versus, you know, doing the other things that I really need to, like, you know, stuff around the house, the reading that I should be doing, you know. Um, and then I stay up late because I don't do, I didn't put things in the proper order. Uh, yeah. It's... I found, like I said, I found another article on, on Crosswalk, and it's sort of just echoing some of these same things, um, just to sort of uh, dip into that. Uh, uh, okay. Um, yeah, I'm going to quote this for a second, too. It says, in Psalm 127, verse 2, we read, It is vain that you rise up early and go to late to, to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil for for he gives to his beloved sleep. That's a really awkward uh, translation. <laughs> I don't know what they're using there. But it. Uh, we work hard, we stress ourselves out, we stay up late to make up for procrastination over schedule, and we think that we have to do it all. In the process, we make ourselves miserable, sick, unproductive, and more vulnerable to sin. Well, they use Satan schemes. I'm just going to say sin, our own foolishness, you know, I'm not saying that. Anyways, but God offers us sleep. It seems so simple, but we refuse this gift from a lack of faith. We must repent of our idolatrous notion that we, our family, our friends, and the world need our constant activity. No one around us is ultimately dependent on us. Instead of working hours without end, get up in the morning and faithfully work during the day. When you're done, come home, eat and relax with your family, read a good book, or sit down and have a conversation. Then at the end of the day, Go to bed and get the sleep you require. I don't know. I just, you know, like I said, like this stuff is sort of at a, a, you know, if you do a little bit of Googling, it's fingertips. And I'll, I'll, I'll shoot you the link yeah. for this one too. I don't know. Awesome. Um, but I mean, that's like, you know, yes, there are things that we can very off the cuff sort of acknowledge about sleep. Like, you know, like I said, Sleep, in, in, I think, in, in one of the most simplest expressions, it is us having to face our finitude. It is a mm-hmm. built-in mechanism that God has sort of... And, and, you know, like, that's okay. Yeah, I think it's good for us to, to understand that we have limits and that we are constrained. But Yeah. 
Well, and I think uh, I think it's also almost kind of funny that it it is a daily reminder of that as well. Um, like I, I'm trying to think of to I can't remember what the name of the prayer is, but there's like a there's there's a particular uh, kind of traditional prayer. The one that starts now, I lay me down to sleep. Lay me down to sleep. Yeah. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And if I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Boom. There you go. Um, There's a, actually a second part to that, and I don't remember it. Oh, so really? Oh, yes. nice. I didn't I didn't know that. But the, even that kind of talks about how like we sleep, and it requires us to put our faith in, I mean, as Christians, in God, but in like or we put hope in <laughs> sorry i'm trying to trying to explain this and i'm not doing a very good job well but, we sleep in faith right right we have to we we are trust i mean again we are unconscious uh we are basically in a coma because our brain shuts down um th- the ability to even move while you're sleeping um at least in certain parts of sleep so that when you are hallucinating or having dreams, you don't um, basically start throwing bows in your sleep, basically. Um, so there are things that happen to you while you're asleep. I mean, it is, it is one of the most vulnerable positions you can be in. And uh-huh. it's something that happens every single day. Um, so whether it's, even if it's just unconscious, I think there's something there that requires a... Uh, tacit acknowledgement of the fact that that we're that we're weak, you know, that we need to reset, that we need um, to to put our trust in something greater than ourselves, that we can even be sustained. Um, and certainly, that's done in other ways too, like breathing, something simple like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that sleep just kind of shows there there are things in the fact that we need this weird thing called sleep that show um, our, our reliance upon God. Well, and I think we sleep in faith because we we're just going to trust that the the Lord's going to take care of us. Yeah. And, uh, and that, you know, I, and it just sort of like, I think one of the other things that I like about this topic and sort of thinking through this is that I remember reading once or hearing once that, if you're getting enough sleep, you actually don't need an alarm clock. Yeah. Like you if you go to bed at the right time and you are consistently getting enough sleep, you will get up when your body is rested. Mm-hmm. And you will usually do that within like an 8-hour window. Mm-hmm. Um you, you know, and I just like I said, now as as a result of sin and the brokenness of the world and how everything's fallen and nothing really works quite the way it should. <laughs> yes, some nights you just don't get sleep, and if you have a newborn, good luck. Yeah, you, you know, yeah. I I was around for a couple of months when my nephew uh, was a little guy, and there were many many nights where nobody <laughs> got a lot of sleep because. Yeah. Little dude was unhappy. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But, y- you know, I think this isn't, going back to the Ephesians 5, uh, 15 through 16, 
we really are called to be wise with the time. And I think some of that wisdom means understanding one, you need to pencil out a good chunk of time for sleep. Yeah. You also need to, to, to pencil out and, and sort of schedule things and say, these things are a priority. These things are not. And I hate to be the dude who sort of brings this heat. Guess what doesn't fall into the priority list, people? The Vidya games. <laughs> as much yeah. as like we, we love them, th- these are they are a tertiary or secondary issue or thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, like in the in the the things that are important, you know, we we cannot and should not be sacrificing sleep. And the the restoration that it offers, yeah, for the sake of entertainment, like we it is that is just foolishness. And I'm not trying to be overly harsh. I'm just saying, like we gotta, you know, a lot of what I want people to 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 enjoy this hobby. And like, listen, like here, you know, just as sort of like low hanging fruit, easy application. If you aren't sleeping right. You aren't gaming at your best. Like, let's just be yep. honest. Like, you know, everybody's experienced it where you're tired and you just can't like get through. Uh, when I was playing Bloodborne, you know, you get on like those those hour long benders, hours long benders, and I'd be playing, playing, and I'd be nodding off and falling asleep. And that's when I die and I lose like the thirty thousand blood orb things. I forget what those are called, but you know. It's like that, like that's when you start making mistakes and it's like, just, it's just better to put the controller down, go to sleep and then enjoy that thing in the right context later on. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I mean, this comes with the, the reason we talk about it is because sleep is so brushed off so quickly. But again, like even looking at that infographic, of there there are legitimate things that you are doing your if you are consistently not getting enough sleep you are damaging your body probably far more than you know i say that because i didn't know how bad mm-hmm. it was until i recently read this book and and attempted and have since changed my sleeping habits and made it more of a priority um the other thing i did want to say is you brought up when you have kids and times like that when sleep is just not possible (laughs) at least not a full you know eight hour night of sleep is just simply not possible um i want to jump back to what i said kind of at the beginning and how i had previously viewed sleep that oh you can train your body to get less sleep um i think that that is what um those times are for like yes your body can endure periods where you are not sleeping Mm -hmm. as much but I think it's in yeah, extreme cases. Like I think that God built into our bodies a little bit of flexibility, not as mm-hmm. something that you can, for lack of a better term, tempt fate and then continue that for the rest of your life. No, it's going to damage you if you continue in it. But I think you do have the flexibility to not get good nights of sleep for the sake of something else. Um, in that something like, uh, something like children, something like uh, being there for a friend who's experiencing some sort of grief, you know, th- things like this mm-hmm. that that are worth losing sleep over, right? <laughs> or even yeah. growing, going through grief yourself. Um, 
there there are reasons why uh, there are reasons to give up sleep but like we're talking about in in our context entertainment is not one of those reasons um especially if it becomes a habitual thing because again you are damaging yourself in the long run um and we need to be we need to be aware of that so do you have any um i don't have like a ton but um uh, do you have any tips for that like practices that you implement to help you sleep or get to sleep easier because i know a lot of times like you, you know frankly there are a lot of people who struggle going to sleep my wife mm-hmm. that like she actually made fun of me she's like she's like you go to bed she's like your head hits that pillow and 90 percent of the time you're out within like five to ten minutes and i looked at her and i was sort of not being facetious at all and i said i worked very hard to teach myself how to go to bed <laughs> and there were a lot of practices that I had to abstain from. And I'm not saying I, I do this well. Mm-hmm. The nights where I actually get to bed on time are the nights where I don't fiddle with my phone mm-hmm. before I go to bed. You know, I don't fiddle with my phone in bed. I, I'm not saying that I, I don't do these things at all. But as a general rule, I try not to, you know, screw around with my phone before I go to bed or while I'm in bed. Uh, I try not to do a whole lot. Like I, I was actually playing a little bit of Vita before I was going to bed, mm-hmm. and I think that that actually was affecting some things. Yeah, making it harder for me to get to sleep earlier. Uh, one of the things I will do um, sometimes before bed is I'll actually read. I'll read mm-hmm. the Bible. Like I'll just open up and I'll read a Psalm. And by the time, usually, especially if it's like a longer one. Or, you know, I'll tell you what, Leviticus is good for, like, (laughs) making you sleepy real fast. Like, that Levitical law can be a bear, man. It'll (laughs) knock you out. Um, But, like, some of those things, I I Uh think, honestly, too, one of the other things uh, is when I'm getting exercise and I'm working hard and I'm sort of pushing my body, it is much easier for me to get to sleep quicker than, you know... Uh, it, when I'm just sort of sitting around and not doing a whole lot. Now, granted, I have a bit of an advantage. I uh, built into my job. I walk 10 to 15 miles a day. So there's I'm doing a good bit of work just by default. But, um, you know, we've talked about working out, eating right. Like those things, will, like if you're avoiding high sugars, especially later in the evening, like high sugar foods, like that's going to help you get to bed and and sleep better. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to have like. Anyways, um, do you do you have anything, Josh? Like, I any- mean, I feel like these are kind of um, these are kind of well known, but I'll just run down a few of them anyway. Um, the, I mean, the I I am similar to you in that I have never had really big issues with sleeping throughout my life. I can go to sleep pretty much anywhere um and and it's it's pretty easy for me it has never been difficult so i mm-hmm. i cannot uh, i i've never had that experience of insomnia so i understand that that is that is a real thing it's just not something that i've ever had to to go through um but there i mean there's there's an occasional off night and things like that but what you mentioned about screen time that's that's definitely a huge thing um the general kind of rhythm 
that your body uh, uses is the, I mean, I know this, again, this sounds really dumb, but I'm just going to build the argument from here, is like, basically, your body can tell what time it is by the sun, by the light mm-hmm. that is in the room. So in general, um, when you have lots of light on, it is more difficult for your body to start winding down for to to go to sleep. So the fact that we have lights in our houses that they can be on all the time can actually mess with your sleeping schedule as well. So if you can dim the lights possibly, or if you can start turning off other lights, your body will actually kind of recognize that and start to wind down a little bit. Um, having screens pointed at you that have very bright light, in fact, a lot of LED screens have kind of a blue light to them, um, that is going to, like, it just your body, the retina in your eyes are going to um, see that, and, and they're not going to... Uh, Gosh, I feel words are so difficult. Well, that blue light um, makes it a lot harder for your brain to enter into the sleep, the the pre-sleep cycles. Exactly, exactly. So if you can limit it, I mean, from what I read in the book, it said about half an hour before it's time for you to go to bed, just don't do any, just don't use any screens um, mm-hmm. or use apps that can kind of limit that blue light. Um, I think those a lot are of good phones of and tablets and stuff actually offer a a blue lightless nice. mode. Like uh, I, the i my iPhone at uh, a certain point in time has like a night mode where it goes into a dimmer. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, it, it's funny because if you look at the phone, you know, it almost looks kind of sepia toned if you're used to looking at screens. Yes. Um. But that just helps your body kind of recognize that, oh, it's not super bright. You know, I don't have this this flashlight shining in my eyes. Um, so it, it'll help, yeah, with, like what you said, the, the pre-sleep kind of ritual. So light is a big deal. Um, the other thing is caffeine. You know, I mentioned it earlier, just the, the effect that caffeine has on you. Generally, from what I've read, it takes about five hours for your body to completely get rid of the effects of caffeine. And again, it's one of those things where you don't know um, when, gosh, how we talked about sleep and how we talked about alcohol, that if you can't tell its effects on you all the time, is what I'm trying to say. So another good rule of thumb is to, if you're going to have something with caffeine in it, generally um, plan it out so that it is, longer than five hours before you go to bed um Mm. i'm not that's what i'm not good at yeah in fact before we started (laughs) i had a little cup of coffee it's it's different for different people i mean again i'm one of those people that i can sleep pretty much anytime there are certain times when when caffeine will affect me if i have it in the evening most of the time it doesn't um yeah yeah most so, of the time, it doesn't jack me up too bad, but every once in a while, it catches me, and I'm like, that was a poor decision. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And um, and there are there could also be residual effects that you just don't know, that like your body is not actually getting as restful sleep yeah. as it should. So there are even things that, 
that are hard to tell unless you start, for lack of a better term, experimenting and actually like testing it out, seeing if, if it is more restful. Um, the other, the last thing is consistency, consistently going to bed at the same time and waking up at the same time. Um, like you mentioned earlier, ideally your body ought to be getting up by itself. Um, I still use an alarm, so I'm not there yet. No, um, I, I, I mean, most of us aren't. Let's yeah. be. <laughs> I, I would love to, there was a point in time in my life where I would get up about 6, 6.30, just, you know, I'd go to bed about 9.30, 10 o'clock, and I'd get up at 6, 6.30, and that would just be, nice. you know, I still set alarms, but I would just get up. I have not experienced that for a few years at this yeah. point. Yeah. Um, so those are, those are some of the tips that I've heard that I've started to put into practice where I can. And, um, but if, you know, if this is, if you do suffer from insomnia or if you have a harder time going to sleep, then you may have to take some more drastic measures or, uh, you know, what I, I don't give medical advice. I am not a doctor. Um, so I'd encourage you to, to reach out, to seek some sort of medical advice, especially before you start popping pills. Um, yeah. If, I mean, like insomnia is sort of its own thing. Um, if you're, if you are suffering from insomnia or, you know, before you take any medication or sleep aids, talk to a doctor, talk to a professional Talk to an expert, someone who who's going to, uh, y- you know, the the self medicating. Well, I like you know. I think I've mentioned it on the podcast before that I like whiskey. Another thing you should avoid before you go to bed is really alcohol of any sort. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, even if it's not a lot. Like a lot of people are familiar with the nightcap, mm-hmm. um, the concept of the nightcap. And I'm not saying that I don't do that from time to time. I'm just saying that, again, that is something that will uh, mess with your, your it, it messes with your sleep ry- rhythms, sleep pattern. Yeah. The, the sleep is not going to be as restful. Yeah. Um, and that one, I mean, that one is difficult because like that's generally when you get together with friends. And you crack open a beer is generally in the evening. So that mm-hmm. one, again, it's another and it rule makes that frustrates you sleepy. Me. Yeah. It yeah. makes you sleepy. But. <laughs> but you wake up and it feels like you've barely slept. So. Um, anyways, any parting, you know, and I know we sort of already did this, but any sort of parting words of wisdom or anything that we forgot to mention, Josh, that you wanted to hit real quick. Yeah, just that we shouldn't take our bodies for granted, um, and we really ought to be cognizant of what we're doing um, to our bodies, because it's what, you know, it is a gift from God, and uh, what, I can't think offhand the the reference, but scripture says that you are not your own, you were bought with a price. Mm. Um, yeah, it, these are guidelines. I don't want to be super strict on all this stuff, but but it is something that we need to consider because this is an issue that I th- think that we generally just kind of brush off. And again, personal experience. I'm frustrated by it. Like I don't mm-hmm. like, you know, admitting these things about myself. 
but it is it is something that we as adults you know as people who are responsible um whether it's responsible you know in my case responsible for leading my wife and my kids like or and so i need to keep myself healthy or whether you're just responsible for your own life as a christian before the lord um we ought to take care in what we are using our bodies to do i think too like that that's an extremely you you said something that i think is an extremely helpful framework instead of looking at this as some sort of like penalty or thing to be avoided or despised or fought against we need to recognize that sleep is a gift it is a good thing from the lord Mm -hmm. we need to embrace it now Yes, there are passages in the Psalms and Proverbs that talk about the the dangers of excessive sleep and laziness, yeah. and that's sort of a different spin altogether. I don't think that culturally that's something that we need to worry about a whole lot. I think actually for for the bulk of, of most people who would be listening to this, it's actually not an issue of sleeping too much, but rather sacrificing sleep unnecessarily yeah um but i think like you know it's like it is a gift this is a good thing and when it is and and frankly i think too even the the fact that you like i like to sleep Mm. i mean like i don't always like to go to bed but like man like i like zonking out you know Mm -hmm. i like it feels like when you wake up after a good night's sleep um man that's that's something special buddy like yeah. you, you know it really is totally. like when you, you get like that good sleep and you wake up the next day and you just feel like a baller yeah like, that's that's really that is you know i think we sort of but it is a gift it is a grace from our father that he extends to us um and so just sort of you know on that note, I, I really just want to encourage people to, to start looking at sleep as a gift and to put it in its right place. It is a necessary thing as well, but it is a kindness and a good thing from, from a, a good and kind father. So, but. Yeah, man. I don't have anything else, man. And uh, I think we've, we've sort of beat this thing into the ground. <laughs> And hopefully As we it was do. helpful. Yeah, well, we're, we're good at being bad at brevity. There you go. And, you know, and I, I think, like, frankly, I think our conversation is, is a good and necessary one. And I really, um, I hope that this encourages people. If mm-hmm. you have good sleep practices, that you continue to <laughs> practice good <laughs> sleep habits. And if not, well, learn you something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's something for your consideration. Yeah, we would humbly submit this to you to prayerfully and carefully consider this. Yeah. Um, Boom. So if you do have any, uh, you know, sleeping tips or anything that you'd like to share with us, there are plenty of ways that you can interact with us. Uh, First and foremost, there is the group on Facebook, the hashtag Backlog Book Club. It's a great place. mm -hmm. We have a great time there. You can email us directly at thebacklogbreakdown at gmail.com. Or if you want to reach either of us, we're on social media, GG, PSN, all that fun stuff. I generally go by Broccolope. That's spelled B-R-O-C-C-O-L-O-P-E. And you go by... Nate underscore McKeever. 
Boom. So, because I am a super boring old man. <laughs> well, there you go. All right. Well, loggers, I hope you've had a good time. Hope we haven't put you to sleep just yet. Or I hope that you do go to, I don't, you know what? Never mind. I don't hope you sleep. I hope you do what you think is best. <laughs> Which might be in, in your situation going to sleep. So. It could be. Could be. So if it is, farewell and good night, my two friends. Yeah, until next time, Josh. You keep beating down your backlogs and we'll keep breaking down the benefits. See ya. Good night, folks. <laughs>